music now. Today we're going to be talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's a new class, and I have to discuss it. Andy Green in the studio. Hello, Andy. Hi, hi, Brian. So here is who is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, as you may have heard. Bon Jovi, The Cars, Dire Straits, The Moody Blues... I sound like I'm announcing some kind of FM station, right? What we play yes. on, our, on our FM classic rock station. Yes. Nina Simone, unusual station now, <laughs> and Sister Rosetta Tharp, who is actually being inducted as her early influence, which is sort of a distinction without a difference. Well, it's somebody that predates rock and roll and inspired it, as opposed to somebody of the rock era, is their rationale, at least. What's interesting is who didn't make it in, who was nominated for the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, the Eurythmics, Judas Priest... Kate Bush, Radiohead, and Rage Against the Machine. That is the class that did not make it. Yeah, and those people were largely or entirely of the 80s and the 90s. And the people that got in besides Bon Jovi were all the 60s and 70s or even earlier. Well, Judas Priest 70s, but yeah. So what is going on with the Hall of Fame? Because there are some people who are very happy about this class, Mm -hmm. um, such as John Bon Jovi. He is very happy about this class. Mainstream rock fans who are happy that the bands they've been hearing on the radio are finally getting recognition. There's been a long push, specifically, I would say, for the Moody Blues. They have a a passionate fan base. Yeah, I'd say that for years and years, the big mantra... that I always heard from a certain segment of rock fans was there's no Chicago, there's no Moody Blues, there's no Steve Miller Band, there's no ELO, there's no this, there's no that. In the past four years or so, they've all gotten in. And they've gotten in at the expense of a lot more recent bands. And we're going to be playing your interviews with some of the new class of inductees as well. Yes. But yes, it is at the expense of an entirely different class of bands. Radiohead, for people under, I don't know, 45, feels like a particularly egregious omission. And I imagine they must have come in shooting distance of making it in. But a lot of this has to do with the voting base, right? It's about a thousand people. We vote. Yeah. For full disclosure. It's about a thousand people and it's every one of the current inductees. So that's every member of the Four Tops. That's every Temptation. That's every horn player that's in Chicago. <laughs> and that's along with a lot of rock critics that have been around for a long time, a lot of industry insiders, and they're older. And so you're saying the horn players in Chicago did not <laughs> vote for Radiohead and Kate Bush? No, I imagine they did not. I imagine they voted for the Moody Blues. And I think it's a sort of inherent problem in the Hall of Fame that they should be up to 1992 now. They sort of skip the 80s <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. And particularly British groups of the 80s with synthesizers, or even not, like the Smiths, or The Cure, or Depeche Mode, Joy Division, New Order. I could go on and on. And they just don't get in. There were other people on the ballot. Who else was on the ballot? Meters, Depeche Mode. Yeah, there's Depeche Mode. There was LL Cool J. It has to do with this contested definition of what rock is, what the Rock and Hall of Fame is, and there's never going to be an answer. The answer is just forged year after year. The voter base, is it a problem, do you think? I think it's a problem that they don't add in more younger people that came of age in the 80s and 90s. I think that for a lot of people, they th- they think the best music that was ever made was the music of their teenagers. A common belief, yes. Yes. And so I think so many of these voters are really just still stuck in their childhood and they can't take a step back and look critically at certain groups they just think that it's all about the 60s and 70s. 
and that after MTV started, that's when music started to suck. And you know, this is an opinion of a lot of, of sort of a, a certain boomer, and it's a real problem. Well, there's a couple ways of looking at this class. When you have Bon Jovi and the mm-hmm. Moody Blues, who are just far from critical favorites, these are bands that people love, but critics who are also people, but who are a different kind of people, tend mm-hmm. not to love. Yes. You could actually argue that this is a great thing. It's a populist thing, and it's not the Rock Critics Hall of Fame. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That That's one way of arguing it. And another way of looking at this is, so there used to be much more of a monoculture, one culture that reached everyone. You could say maybe even bands that weren't really top tier, bands like Dire Straits and the Moody Blues, that they are still bigger among more people than a first tier later band like Radiohead. Yeah. Radiohead, as big as they are to you and me, to a lot of people, it's just that creep band that got weird later and is a big cult following. It's hard to wrap. They took in Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Both those groups have a real 70s influence on them, whether it's punk or whatever. And band like Radiohead, there's not much influence from that time period on them. I think that plays a role, too. On the other hand, uh, certainly a positive move is the induction of Nina Simone, who might not have fit some people's definition of rock and roll, but was an incredible singer. By the way, did some of the best versions of Bob Dylan's songs, and that probably qualifies you as rock and roll, if nothing else does. The diversity of that choice, two black women, Nina Simone and, and Sister Rosetta Tharp. And Sister Rosetta Tharp is an important early influence. She was an influence on people like Chuck Berry, and influence. I think people got confused because there was a popular documentary about Sister Rosetta Tharp that put her forward as the the sort of mother of rock and roll. And then people kind of took away that maybe she was the only person playing these single note electric guitar licks early on. And that that's that's not true. There were, uh, you know, T-Bone Walker and a lot of other people were doing it. But she was this incredible sort of fire-breathing performer. In fact, let's hear Rock Me by Sister Rosetta Tharp and get a sense of what she could do, which was a lot. Now, won't you hear me swinging? Hear the words that I'm singing. Mudge my soul with water from on high. But yeah, at the same time, there are some incredible omissions in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Graham Parsons, even. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason to yeah. some of the people. The replacements or the New York Dolls or the Pixies or Pavement or Sonic Youth. The problem is that it's formed around an idea of rock and roll that is mass and world conquering. After rock and roll splintered, some of these bands didn't conquer the world. They just conquered the little corner of it. And it's not set up to honor those kind of things. It has the word of fame in it. And that is something I've often used in debate against people who are mad about their kind of like tiny cult act not being in. Right. But I, at the same time, I'm pretty upset that the replacements aren't even in, you know, in the running, you know. So it's a tough thing. Of fame is different yeah. than of greatness. So it's but weird. They do occasionally put a group like the Smiths on the ballot or the Cure and they just don't get in. And again, it goes back to the thousand voters. When you talk to the nominees, did you get a sense, were they all excited, the inductees? Yes, I spoke to a member of every group that got in and is still alive. And they were all super excited. A few of them were confused about Lena Simone. Huh. Uh, but they were thrilled. I mean, I did not get Mark Knopfler. And, and he hasn't talked yet. And I'm not sure if, if he'll show up. 
I imagine he will, but a Dire Straits reunion is sort of a very questionable thing right now. Now, one theory that's out there on the internet, people are convinced that Radiohead might have been hurt by two things, um, mm. by their comments in an interview with you, Mr. Andy Green, mm. earlier this year, which strongly suggested that they didn't really care about the rock and roll Or thing. for the five didn't care. Yes. <laughs> and very American institution that they're often only faintly aware of. For them, it might just seem like another like Q God of Rock Award or right. whatever. It, it literally means nothing probably to Radiohead, both because of their complete disdain for the idea of rock and roll itself right. and for the their, their and, possible ignorance about the institution. And I don't think that they see themselves as part of the classic rock canon. <laughs> no. like, or any, they aren't yeah. like I asked Tom York about it and I saw his face it was like he bit into a lemon when I just said the Rock and Hall of Fame he <laughs> had no interest it was only Colin the bass player who seemed to care at all I think if you'd asked them do you expect to be inducted into the baseball hall of fame they yeah. would have had the same reaction well, and I don't think Tom's ideal evening is flying to Cleveland and playing <laughs> creep for a HBO broadcast <laughs> well the Moody Blues play after him he just you know they don't give a shit and it's like being entombed in the past it's sort of like your retirement papers almost right and then and they're still a vital band so they booked a tour of South America that happened to coincide with the very week of the induction. I'm sure it's coincidence, but it's pretty funny. Well, that's the second thing I was getting to. It, that was perceived as a sort of screw you to the Hall of Fame, which but I'm that, sure it wasn't. But that came pretty late in the process. Well, any, but anyway, according the internet convinced that these things added up and that, quote, the Hall of Fame punished Radiohead. Now, what that misses is the undeniable reality that this really is a vote. They're tallying ballots. Oh, yeah. This is not like some fake vote it's a real vote as you sent me an article that someone pointed out everyone's convinced that it's all some kind of scam to make a HBO show that they don't really care who gets in as long as it's a good HBO show but as they pointed out like if that was the thing wouldn't they rather have LL Cool J than Nina Simone or and stuff like that they would want Rage Against the Machine yeah. they want younger viewers yeah. so the notion that it's all corrupt is just bullshit conspiracy theory we might get a better class if it was corrupt i mean let's fix yeah, it you know they should fix it <laughs> you know, I, i'm all about that they should make it corrupt but they don't it's it's do you really want us to be the benevolent corrupt dictator of the thing to pick yeah. radiohead and rage and just make it happen to make an awesome night you're like anakin you believe that a dictatorship can be benign if, as, if as it has the right dictator. as it's me yes yeah. it should be me you're listening to Rolling Stone Music now. We're talking about this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class. When we get back, we're going to play Andy Green's interviews with some of the new inductees. Andy did a bunch of interviews with some of the class, including a member of Dire Straits, perhaps not the member of Dire Straits you would expect, because Mark Knopfler was not doing interviews, and for all we know, may not show up, because as you may or may not know, Dire Straits actually broke up quite a long time ago, and there's been no reunion, and it tends to push people for a reunion when they show up at the Hall of Fame, and he probably doesn't want to do that. Well, it's an awkward thing, because only the bass player, John, that I talked to, he was, he was the one member to have gone the entire run of the band. They change members a lot, and some of the OG members and Mark do not get along at all, which includes his brother David Knopfler, who, who he hasn't talked to in many years. And that's really tense. And so he has tension with a bunch of the old members, and then some of the more recent members, they toured in 2011 as the Straits. Mm. And, and that pissed him off also. Who could forget that Straits tour? There were so many great shows on that. <laughs> it was just in Europe. So the person you spoke to is the bassist, John Ilsley. Mm -hmm. And let's hear what he had to say. Bands often reunite and perform at these things. Do you think that might happen? Well, Jimmy, right now, I have, I have absolutely no idea. It's, it's all come 
rather sudden today, so it would be um, probably a little bit uh, uh, difficult for me to uh, to say that would how that would work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know right now. Um, we'd have to we'd have to think about that and see, you know, how we how how we how we do this thing. Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't say right now. I mean, they managed. They got Led Zeppelin to reunite, and the Police, and Cream, and Talking Heads, and all these bands haven't played in years. So it, it's often the one place that it does happen. Well, uh, I think we can just wait and see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how often do you talk to Mark? Well, we we communicate. We're still very close and very good friends, thankfully. Do you think he's going to be excited about this? Do you think he'll want to go to Cleveland? I mean, do you have any sense of where his... Oh, gosh, you can't ask me that question. That's, that's something... I, I actually put a call into him today, but I think he's in the studio, so I haven't heard from him yet. Mm-hmm. I, I need to chat with him first just to find out what his feelings are. Right. Because this is, a, this is, a, this is kind of a one-off thing. This is a, an unusual uh, uh, sort of uh, conversation piece. Yeah. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, and it sort of throws up, you know, lots of uh, more questions than answers, in a sense. Yeah. Which is quite exciting. You know, I, I don't mind the challenge. Uh, uh, but I have to wait and see. You know, he's, he's pretty clear about most things in his life, and um, which is probably the reason why he and I get on so well. <laughs> right. Uh, so, just speaking for yourself, you are not opposed to the band playing, right? That you'd be totally down for it if it's up to you. Well, I think we'll just we'll just have to see. I, I mean, we'll just have to see how that how that how that's going to work. I mean, it's a long. T- we're talking about a long time. I mean, you know, David left the band in eight, uh, 1980. That's that's sort of thirty seven years ago, right? Uh, and Pick left uh, in eighty three, right? So. You know, we're talking 34 years ago, so it's quite a long time. There's a lot of water under the bridge, so to speak. It's a terrible British expression. I don't really have it in America, but... Right. Uh, you know, a lot of time has passed, so I think that, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's something that Mark and I need to talk about, and I'm not about to make any categoricals right here. So that was John. He seemed to be hopeful there'll be some sort of a Dire Straits reunion, and he's game for it, but this is all about Mark Knopfler. And I saw yesterday on Facebook that drummer Pick Withers says that he's not going to even go. Boy, Pick's not going to go. Pick's out? He's on slow train coming. He's the drummer. He's a great drummer. No lightweight. No, he's no lightweight, and he's not going to go. So I don't know if there'll be a Dire Straits reunion, but I'm hoping there'll be at least a partial one. The prospects for an all-star jam are pretty bizarre at this one, aren't they? I raised this topic with everybody, and no one was able to think of a song that could really work. I was thinking of Fats Domino, who just passed away, but they did Ain't That a Shame when Cheap Trick got in as the all-star <laughs> jam two years ago. <laughs> so I imagine there'll be some sort of a Tom Petty tribute, and maybe Greg Allman, uh, and maybe they could do an all-star jam on Blueberry Hill or something. I don't know. All right, so next, perhaps the most prominent act to be inducted this year is Bon Jovi. And John Bon Jovi has never been shy about expressing the fact that he feels he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. At the same time, he did not speak to us. However, estranged 
guitar player Richie Sambora did talk to you. Yeah, I called him on on his vacation. He was in Hawaii. He appeared to be having a very good time, and he uh-huh. was extremely happy, very gratified. He will be there with bells on, and John already said that he's willing to perform with him. It'll be the first time in over four years. I don't think that they've that they've talked much in this in the past four years. That's the Pearl Jam of this year, as far as the big headlining act that fills the stands. And by all accounts, John fired Richie from the band. It was midway through a tour. Their accounts vary. <laughs> uh, if, if you ask Richie, he says that he that he wanted to go home, that he was burned out. Gotcha. Who doesn't just leave a tour in the middle? Yes. And then there's the bassist, Alec John Such, who's a real question mark. He left the band in 94 and has not been really seen since by anybody, but he's being inducted. So he'll be like the sly stone of this year. Like, will this guy emerge? He's like that one member of Santana who has spent 40 years in prison or whatever. Well, yeah, but that's a whole other story. He killed a guy. <laughs> so we are no way accusing the bass player of Bon Jovi no, of, no, no, of no, killing no. anyone for no. the record. Yes. Yeah. So let's hear what a very thrilled Richie Zambora had to say to Andy Green about uh, Bon Jovi's Hall of Fame induction. Tell me your first reaction to finding out that you were definitely in, that this was a, this was a done deal. You know... Just gratitude, I guess, and uh, you know, just going, hey, look, I'm in, I'm in the queue with, uh, you know, Bob Dylan and Paul McCartney and Nick and Keith and Clapton and you know all the heroes and all the guys that I grew up trying to emulate, mm-hmm. and the, the, my teachers basically, my heroes and my teachers. Uh, so to be in that line uh, is kind of surreal and. So I don't know if I believe it yet. You know, it's that kind of an it's that kind of honor. So it's, right, but it's 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 almost not the institution itself. It's the uh, pedigree of what how people got there. You know what I mean? So right. to be a part of that whole movement uh, and whole energy as as things you know move forward, uh, it's just tremendous. So that's and brilliant. Uh, and you know, a lot of thanks for that, that's for sure. So do you think the band is going to reunite and perform at the ceremony in April? I would imagine so. I have been, Nobody has called me yet or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. But I, I would imagine that uh, that would be the protocol. <laughs> Don't you? Uh, you know, I, I sure I, do. I, I, would, I would think so, you know. So, and I would, I, of course, I'd be obliged yeah, do you think do you think Alec John Such is going to show up? I hope so. Yeah, man, I hope so. You know, he was my roommate, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was he was my guy. You know, we you know we lost contact with him a little while ago. He was always the ghost, man. He was one of those cats that was always the ghost, the mystery. Yeah. You know, he, but that but that was his trip, and he 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 held that mystique very very well. He was you know he was the. the Keith Richards of our band, you know. He's, he's yeah. So, when's the last time that you spoke with John? Hmm. Well, a couple of years back. You know, there's been some texts. Mm-hmm. Back and forth. Yeah. Like that. There, there ain't no malice or anything like that. You know, it's just uh, you know, it wasn't moving anywhere. You know, it's just a guy. You know, 31 years is 31 years. That's, that's a long time. And being in a huge organization. Yeah. 
especially like Bon Jovi, it is it's all consuming. You really don't have a chance to do anything else but that. You are basically that's where you are. And that's it. That's that's some stone cold stuff right there. You know, and you're just gonna that's it. You gotta move, you gotta roll with the punches, you gotta be flexible, you gotta do that, you gotta be flexible with the business, you gotta be flexible with the band, you gotta be flexible with so that was Richie Sambora of Bon Jovi, and now we're getting to the Moody Blues. Yeah. Justin Hayward is yes. the front man of Moody Blues, and he says something very yeah. funny when I, you called him. I phoned him up at his house in Europe. I think he was in France, he said, and the phone was answered, and he just goes, 51 years! And I go, <laughs> I go, pardon me? He goes, 51 years! I go, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, I've been waiting 51 years to get called up by Rolling Stone. This is the first time ever. And, <laughs> but he wasn't complaining. He was happy. He was yeah. proud. He was laughing. But I mean, a, that, that's really something. I mean, I, I've gotten to do you know cover stories on bands who had been a lo- around a long time but had never gotten the cover, Rush right. and Kiss. But to never even get one call yeah. is incredible. And they had a big comeback hit in the 80s, Moody Blues. Huge comeback hit. That was In Your Wildest Dreams. And let's hear that for a second. good song it, it, it has uh, it has a vibe that would not be out of line with the sort of Jeff Lynne produced songs of the 80s no no uh, he was thrilled it's it's our guys like this that have been the ballot for years and years and years have been waiting and waiting that they are thrilled and he will definitely be there he might reunite you know there are two members of the group that have left a while ago that are going to come back maybe I'm sure HBO is really excited about that <laughs> yeah. it's a big selling point yeah uh, and he hopes that they will do Nights in White Satin why would they not well I imagine they will I just asked him what three songs are you gonna, are you going to do and he goes well I hope we get to play Nights and I'm like I imagine you'll, you will get that chance <laughs> Nights is a, probably a, a very key part of their set list each night. Well, they have Tuesday afternoon. They have lots of hits. No, they have lots of hits, and you know one thing we've learned again is that they have an extremely yeah. passionate and fan base. Their first hit he hasn't sang in concerts since 1965, which is "Go Now" because it was huh. sang. It was sung with the first lead singer, Denny Lane of Wings. <laughs> wow, who is not being inducted? That's a little bit of a like early Steely Dan situation, except they perform those songs. Yeah, it was sort of more like Pantera or something where there's a different singer in the first album Faith No More yes true yeah R.I.P. yeah he just died right yeah, yeah that's why I said R.I.P. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. poor Chuck Mosley he had a great solo album it said the title was we'll perform rap rock for food oh. was the title it was pretty funny and I but this is the first time he's been compared to like Denny Lane this is a service we provide on this show so let's yeah. hear Justin Hayward from the Moody Blues talking to Andy Green about being inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Yes, th- thank you very much. And how do you feel? Uh, uh, well, I- I'm going to start off by saying this is the first time, so the Rolling Stone is calling me yeah. for the first time in 51 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, so it's just between, it's a joke between us. But Okay. That was the, that's what I, the first thing I thought. I'm sitting here with my engineer. Uh-huh. And I just said, so the Rolling Stone is going to call me. Well, I guess go. better late than never. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. Yeah. And so, how'd you find out? I found out actually from our um, agent at CIA. And so, tell me your first reaction to the news. Um. Well, you know, on Friday I couldn't care less. Right. But on Saturday, <laughs> I was thinking, "Wow, that's amazing!" Yeah, and because I, I'm English, you know, I, I'm a committed European, so uh, I, I sometimes wish I was American, and then I could get really excited about it. <laughs> and so, so just tell me on a personal level, on a, a personal level, about what this means to you. Well, I think. Um, hey, listen, I, I'm ex extremely grateful to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, for two things. For creating the, the, the supreme temple to all that has brought me that endless joy, you know, in my life since I was a little boy. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the second thing is for, after all these years, for including us. Yeah, and did fans often talk to you a, about the Hall of Fame and about their frustration you weren't in? Oh, you're kidding! Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It's huge. Yes. Right. I mean, like I say, I'm I'm English and I'm I live in Europe. I'm in Genoa now at a studio, and I'm kind of immune to it. So nobody even knows. They kind of know about it here, but there's almost a. Um, well, how dare they have their rock and roll hall? It should be the World Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like the bit like the baseball, this World Series of baseball or something. Right. I think I think you get the gist of what I mean, but yeah. I'm so um, you know it, you, the, the thanks really go to the Moody Blues fans, yeah, for giving us such a wonderful life in music. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure for you it's a thrill to be in the same club now as the Beatles and Buddy Holly and Bob Dylan and Elvis, right? Well, I'm listen, uh, yeah, I, I have something to say about that, really, because I, I I thought about that just just a few minutes ago, and I mean it's a privilege to be celebrated in the same building, on the same street, even as my own hero heroes, you know, Buddy Holly and the Everly Brothers. Yeah, and and now at last, actually with us, my heroine, which is Nina Simone, mm -hmm. and she she's the woman who. Um, you know, kind of taught me how to sing, really. Wow. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a privilege to me, to be, like, even on the same street, even in the same town, to be celebrated as Buddy and the Everleys and Nina. You know, it's fantastic. Right. Do you think Ray Thomas and Mike Pinder are going to come? I don't know about that. Because they're being inducted. Yes, that's right. I, I don't know. You know, when, when you leave a group, it's... Um, you know, it's because you don't want to be in it. Right. I miss them both very much, and particularly, um, particularly, uh, um, Mike Pinder, because he was the, the the group who the, the the guy who brought me to the group. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure that night to see them and shake their hand and, and stand with them at the podium will be emotional. And, and oh, that would be absolutely that would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah that would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah, yeah because. Um, I'm aware, I think, as well of, um, how can I put it, I'm, I'm aware that we're probably getting this award for the first, thir for the first 20 years, not for the last 30. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think some people are going to wonder about Denny Lane and why he wasn't inducted, so do you have any thoughts on that? No, I don't really, because of Denny and Clint, the original bass player, was yeah. always kind of forgotten. And um, No, in, in fact, I'd have thought actually Denny would more importantly have been in, in, inducted with uh, Wings. Right, yeah, but that was just Paul Solo that they brought in without anybody else. Well, that Denny did write, um, you know, a, what was it, uh, you know, a share of um, Mark and Tire, didn't it? Right, yeah, that's one of their biggest hits. I mean, do you view that yeah. first, do you, you view that first Moody Blues record as almost the work of a different band, or how do you view that first record? Yes, I, I thought it was, the one thing I remember, again, is Mike Tinder, I mean, yeah. um, the, the, the first the first incarnation was together for really such a short time mm. and it's defined by that one record of go now right and and it was a wonderful recording and so was the original the Percy banks yeah Percy banks version that, that was superb and um, you know with the same with the same arrangement mm -hmm. and uh, you know what, I came to the group really as a songwriter, and I was lousy at that stuff. I, I, I had to, the other guys didn't want to know about singing Go Now, so they, they kind of made me, you better do it, when yeah. I came in. And um, so I had to sing it for a couple of months, and I, I, I was absolutely lousy at rhythm and blues. So it was my purpose to try and get my own songs done, and it was Mike Pinder's purpose as well. Yeah. So... Um, but that's we, we, it had to change. Yeah, so you, you know the, the blue suits and the the blue suits and the R and B set were getting us nowhere. But um, you know, Go Now for me was one of the the classic records of those mid sixties. Now we were talking about what this year's show is going to be like because in some ways it seems to lack a little bit of juice in theory. You know, you have Bon Jovi, The Cars, Dire Straits, The Moody Blues, and those are the acts that are living, that are being inducted. But as we know, what the Hall of Fame is very good at doing, and Joel, who's in charge of it, is very good at doing, is finding ways to make a show, both by bringing in other kinds of tributes to people we've lost during the year. So in other words, as we discussed, there'll be a big Tom Petty tribute. And then on top of that, when you have Nina Simone and Sister Rosetta Tharp, you can get young, cool, hopefully artists to do elaborate tributes to them. And that would be a chance to, to really broaden it. I, mean, I think you could get Alabama Shakes to do Sister Rosetta Tharp. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. You know, and you can do all manner of things for Nina Simone. Alicia Keys is a million artists that could come in. Yeah, like Mary J. Blige worships her and it would be incredible. So that's an opportunity. And then there's usually, they usually find a way, again, be, beyond Tom Petty, they'll throw in something else that we have, you know, a Fats Domino tribute. Where they could do Greg Allman. And I don't, I don't be morbid, but, but that, there's plenty of months to go until April. So anybody that's else awful. could die. That's truly awful, Andy. But yes. Yes. Let's hope not. So it probably will, will be a great show. So looking forward, mm -hmm. where's it going to go from well, here? I was thinking about this, that they've sort of taken in with a few exceptions, all the Chicago's and the Moody Blues types that have been waiting forever. So maybe in the coming years when they've sort of taken care of that, and I know Steve Van Zant's always screaming to about Paul Revere and the Raiders and stuff, but I think maybe now that they've taken care of some past business, they can finally like, move into the 80s and 90s in a cool way. At least I hope. So in the coming years, I mean, they could take in Dr. Dre Solo, 
And then there's groups like Oasis that are going to be coming up soon. It would be weird to take an Oasis and not like the Smiths <laughs> or anything. That would kind of fit into the weird logic that happens. I would not be surprised if Oasis, who are quite famous and weirdly continue to be quite yeah. famous despite not existing anymore because of the, the Gallagher well, brothers never shut up, you know? It's like it's like that they've taken in Genesis and Yes, but not King Crimson, you know, like the first prog band. Right. There's no real rhyme or reason to it. They do their best, but because, again, it's a right. vote... It's not determined by some committee or dictator. It's it's not going to have a logic to it. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, then there's groups like Nine Inch Nails that have been on the, on the ballot a few times and aren't there. And then, shockingly enough, in a few years from now, we'll, we'll be talking about Coldplay and stuff. Yeah. And then we reach this sort of the end of rock and roll as a broad <laughs> phenomenon. And then maybe eventually you're gonna go you're gonna go back and, and induct your Graham Parsons and all the other things that are that are missing. Yeah, like your Warren Zevons and stuff. Yes. Then there's things like George Michael where you're like a huge pop star. He should that, absolutely be in. Yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah. But I'm surprised he hasn't been the ballot yet. It may happen. It, there is an image problem, though, with young people, right? People are, are unhappy with the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I think now, especially, I think your average young person is like dire straits and the moody blues. And, you know, it's, I think, to not take in Radiohead, which are arguably the best band of the past 25 years, to just not take them in on the first ballot, I think for a great many people, that's insane. I guess the counter argument is, you know, not to be a, a grump, but does everything always have to be about young people? This, <laughs> this is this is the Hall of Fame. It's for things that you know first released twenty five years ago. It's about history. No, maybe it's not about it's, pleasing every twenty two year old music not, blogger. Of course, about pleasing. Just them. to play devil's advocate but for a second. But if the rule <laughs> is twenty five years, and we should be in nineteen ninety two, and I I'm a fan of all these groups that are being inducted. But like one could argue that you have been that if you've been eligible for thirty years and have not gotten in in those thirty years, maybe you're not supposed to be in. Maybe groups that are more recent should be taking those slots. Do you think that there's a chance that bands like Counting Crows, Max, Matchbox Twenty, that people that are essentially, hear me out, are essentially the Chicago's and Bon Jovi's in some sense of a later era. Do you think those things get no, in? Google Docs. Their those careers things. were shorter. As much as as Chicago is always beaten up by people, they had hits for 20 years. Whereas lots of these groups you mentioned had, had hits for three years. And, and by the way, I like Counting Crows. Actually, comparing them to Chicago, who I do, I do not like, uh, seems a little cruel. I didn't like Chicago at all until I got in the Hall of Fame and I was listening to some of it. Terry Kath is such a sick guitar player. Yeah, fair enough. Right. He's like Hendrix. Right. You know, so they had a couple good albums that I, I've actually realized were not horrible. We didn't speak about the cars at the all. The cars. And I spoke with both drummer David Robinson and frontman Rick Kasich, and they're going to show up and they're going to play. And they started in Cleveland. And it's going to be, you know, they're not the world's best live band, but it, it will still be fun. And people forget because they're so focused on Okasic that the cars are, are missing a frontman. Well, not a frontman, but well, a, a co-frontman. Yeah, a, an occasional singer. What do you want? Yeah. Okasic's the frontman, but yeah. but Benjamin Orr he sang many great songs and was an amazing vocalist. And without him, they're really wounded. I saw them in they did like twelve concerts when they reformed. I saw one of them, and they didn't replace the bass player. There was no bass player on stage. It was either being played in the keyboards, it was pre-recorded parts by the guitarist at times, and <laughs> it didn't really work, I have to say. 
That's an interesting strategy. Just like, you know, if, if someone dies, you just Sorry. keep going. Well, I think the thing was that he was so beloved and he was the perfect bass player, the perfect, you know, he, he would harmonize everything. He was the soul of the group. So they just couldn't even fathom the idea that somebody else would be playing the bass. There's something unique when you have the cars and dire straits. Yeah. They're they're not super personality driven acts. It it tends to Yeah, it, the names Mark Knopfler and Rico Kasich are not super famous. It's not John Bon Jovi, though they had so many hits. And like Dire Straits were one of the biggest bands of the eighties. They played soccer stadiums all over the world. And it's sort of half forgotten in, in this country just how big they were. So this has been Rolling Stone Music Now. We were talking about this year's class of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. We'll be back next week with more here on Sirius XM's volume, channel 106. In the meantime, download us as a podcast. Subscribe to us as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts and leave us some nice reviews on iTunes or wherever. We'll be back next week. Have a great week. I'm Brian Hyatt, and this was Rolling Stone Music Now.